Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Igor Kaifitz. Igor earns his income online through e-farming and helps others kickstart their own profitable e-farming online businesses. Welcome, Igor. Thank you for joining us today. Great to be here, Christina. Uh, can't wait to get going. Uh, true pleasure being on your show. Oh, excellent. Now, before we jump in, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I grew up in a family of a music teacher and an army guy. Uh, I grew up in Ukraine. I was born in Ukraine to a Russian couple. My dad was still serving in the Red Army at the time. I was born in uh, 1988. Uh, so. As like as soon as I was born, shortly after the wall came down and the whole um, governmental setup and structure kind of fell apart, so my dad switched from being um, an army officer. He retired from the military and um, he started uh, getting into uh, kind of setting up his own businesses. He uh, he was like a true entrepreneur by nature. He was always like a natural problem solver. He would always connect with people and do all kinds of joint ventures, you know. And it, it wasn't an easy thing to do back then in Ukraine to start a business because, unlike the Western world, where it you know the the way the government is set up or the the structure infrastructure is set up, it encourages business and growth. Uh, back there, it does not. Because this is a country that's making a transition from factory workers and, you know, and uh, socialism and stuff to, to just normal life, if you will. So uh, to start a business, you had to get 16 permits, whatever the business was. You had to bribe so many people. Wow. There were also criminals who would always racketeer you. So my dad was always friends with all kinds of like questionable characters. Um, and, and you also had to drink a lot. Uh, like you literally to wow. close a deal, to get a deal done. Like today, how do we get a deal done? We get on a zoom call and we hash it out. We say like, this is what I give. This is what I want to receive. And the other party says, this is what I can give you. And, you know, let's shake on it. Let's sign the paperwork and let's get moving. Um, you know, <laughs> and some deals that I close these days are just literally just a chat conversation over like Skype or email. Um, back then it was like uh, walking into someone's office, getting through the gatekeeper, uh, which usually meant giving them some kind of a gift and then um, mm -hmm. having like a really extensive drinking session of like five hours <laughs> to a point where they're exhausted wow. and they're like, ah, to hell with it. You know, let's do it. <laughs> that was, yeah, wow. that's how they used to uh, do business back then. So I grew up in a, in a family where dad was absent. We were doing okay, but not, you know, never, not a millionaire because back there, Back then, there were no millionaires. You either were a rich criminal mm -hmm. or a rich government uh, uh, employee or like a quote-unquote normal person. Um, uh, everyone pretty much had the same childhood, very few toys, uh, very few sweets and gifts. You know, for the most part, it was just, you know, go play outside and just don't kill yourself. A sort of childhood. And then around <laughs> the age of 12, uh, we moved to Israel. Uh, where a different chapter of my life started. I was in a new country. I didn't know the language. I didn't connect with the the culture because you're moving from Eastern Europe to Middle East. And um, 
I, I just, I just kind of shut down really. Um, I became very socially awkward, got bullied a lot in school and, uh, ended up just spending a lot of time home, um, uh, behind my computer screen. It was a couple of years before the internet sort of became ma- mainstream in Israel. And then the internet became main- mainstream and I really discovered a passion for gaming, you know, uh, whatever the game was, I didn't really care as long as I could play online with my friends, because these were the only friends I could make. Like I couldn't make any friends in real life um so growing up um to a certain point i was trying to be in a, a straight a student and um one day i was really nervous before uh, i had an exam coming up and my best friend max you know he asked me like well, what's up why are you so nervous and i'm like well i got this exam coming up and i'm not sure if i'm gonna make it and and he says what why do you care now max is is like a classic clown, a class clown, and you know doesn't care about his grades. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, because I want to do well in life. And he says, but that has nothing to do with your grades. And I say, what? Mm-hmm. And you know, this this coming <laughs> from you of all people. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but you know, there's this guy, um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, and he wrote a book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And my dad just read it, and he told me that the richest people in the world, the ones who do really well. They're not straight A students. In fact, many of them don't even have a good education. To which I said, baloney. And I actually went to his home later that night, spoke to his dad and asked to borrow the book and read the book. And it just flipped my entire script upside down. Like I just couldn't believe what I was reading. And, um, you know, I didn't go into real estate, even though that was like the primary vehicle um for robert kiyosaki at the time that he was advocating and you know you couldn't really just secure capital like that in israel but i did go into mlm because in the book he says look if you want to get going you want to generate a skill like you need a money-making skill and the best way to get that skill is uh to go into mlm so i did i i went through uh several um online mlms failed miserably with all of them but it's through the exposure to that world of people chasing passive income, I got introduced to the concept of e-farming, which is what I do today. And uh, as a result, was able to build a seven-figure business from my home office where I am today. Uh, I live in Toronto now, so I was able to move my family from Israel to Toronto, my wife and two kids. Uh, We actually just literally just this week applied for the passport, which means we're going to get it in about two weeks time from now. Uh, So once we do, we will officially become Canadian citizens and uh, it'll be a a huge milestone for my family, you know, because I feel that it is because I was, I'm able to make money online uh, through the farming that I was able to just pick up and move. Right, because I I came to Canada, I didn't have to go look for a job necessarily. You know, nothing nothing different to what I was already doing. I had my system set up. I didn't have to worry about losing income. I didn't have to worry about the increased cost of living because Toronto is, uh, I think, it's world world's third or fourth most expensive city. Um, I'm pretty sure it's wow. right up there. Yeah, you can Google that. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure it's right up there with like Vancouver and California and whatnot. It's or Tokyo or something like it's really, really expensive. And uh, especially since COVID, like the real estate prices here just skyrocketed. Like people's houses went up in value like 50% in just a couple of years. Yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Um, And now, of course, you know, as we're going through the recession, uh, the interest rates are rising. So my mortgage payment went up by $500 a month. But guess what? (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I really couldn't care less. Like it's honestly because what, yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to complain to the bank and say, "No, I'm not going to pay it." And of course, you're going to pay it. Uh, so yeah. my solution to everything these days is um, if if I've got a problem and I've got money to cover that problem, I don't have a problem. There you go. Well, our topic today is uh, ten productivity secrets. So. I know we probably won't get through 10 in our time together. What are the most important ones you feel our listeners need to know about? So depending on what, actually, it really doesn't matter what you do, uh, what sort of business you do or what sort of uh, plan you're trying to achieve. There are a few things that I discovered along the way that really can just double your productivity. And I'm not exaggerating. Um, and these things are, are minor things. They, they, these are minor changes to your day-to-day -day habits. They don't take a lot of effort. They just take a different uh, set of, uh, I guess, a different thinking approach to the way you operate on a day-to-day basis. I'll share with you some of the key ones that worked for me that allowed me to increase my productivity, to get a lot more done in less time, uh, to have more mental bandwidth left over after the workday, to spend time with my family, to invest time in my hobbies. Like, for example, I still play video games uh, about, uh, I don't know, maybe three hours a day or so while running a seven-figure business while wow. having two kids ages 10 and four um, uh, while maintaining you know, a romance in my relationship with my wife. And it, it all takes time. It all takes time, effort, energy, and, and careful planning. So, and what's really cool is that it, it will not require you to hire like an army of assistants uh, to, to make it happen. So the first, and I think the by far the most uh, impactful uh, thing you can do is to give the first hour of every day to yourself. And what I mean by that is... Oftentimes, the way we wake up, um, you know, we wake up and, and there's two types of people, actually, maybe three types of people uh, in the way that we wake up. First type is we wake up and we grab our phone and we check our mm -hmm. social media. Uh, I don't know which, which type are you, you might want to, you know, I'd be, that is yeah, not me. <laughs> I, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts about this, but that's, that's, you know, a lot of people I know are like that. They wake up first thing in the morning before they even open their eyes, they just reach for the phone and they, you know, open it, slide and right into Insta face yeah, or no. tube talk or something. <laughs> uh, then the uh -huh. other type, and that's more me, uh, you know, people who wake up in the morning and the first thing that they do is they check their email. Now I'm, I'm an email mm -hmm. guy and I, you know, most of the time I would wake up and I would check my email because, and this is a bit of a challenge for me because my payment notifications, the way I make money with e-farming, all the payment notifications come to my email. So to me, checking my email, um, is the same sort of, uh, pleasure that you would get if, if every time you opened up your mailbox or physical mailbox, you would find checks in the mail or cash in the mail. So for yeah. me, every time I check my email, I'm, I, I see cash, so I can't help it. The dopamine is hard to resist and I'll just go for it. The third type of people, which is the type where I want to be, the group that I want to be in is the, the people who wake up and their smartphone is not next to them at all. And they don't get to see their smartphone until after the first hour of the day has been invested into something hmm. that they want to work on. So wow. I'll give you an example. Back in 20... Uh, 14 or 15, I really took interest in Bitcoin and crypto, but I knew nothing about it. And I was already pretty busy in my business and my personal life. And, and I kept on telling myself, 
Like, I'm going to go read about it. I'm going to go read about it. I'm going to watch about it. I'm going to study it. I'm going to look into it. And 6, 12, 18 months went by. And then I said, look, I need to just get my act together. And so what I started doing, I started waking up in the first hour of the day. I would invest in Bitcoin, meaning that I would actually read articles about it. Like the first day, I remember I would I woke up, I set my couch with with a cup of coffee, with my laptop, and I just Googled it. I just said, what is Bitcoin? I started reading about it, how this person or group of people developed it and disappeared. Uh, then, you know, what are the uses for it? Why is it a big deal? How, you know, then watch documentary about it for about 40 minutes or so. So I invested like maybe 90 minutes that day into just getting a basic grasp of what the hell Bitcoin is. And for the next mm-hmm. 10 or 14 days, I would continue to invest the first hour of the day. And I ended up investing in Bitcoin in that time, setting up all my wallets, getting a physical wallet as well that I can store Bitcoin on, getting into altcoins, which are alternative coins like Ethereum, Litecoin, etc. And basically became within like two weeks, I became pretty knowledgeable about what Bitcoin was, what crypto was, and I could have a conversation mm-hmm. with another crypto enthusiast about it. And it only took 14 days, one hour each day, but first thing in the morning. Because the hour invested into this first thing in the morning ain't, ain't going to be the same as an hour you would invest into it like when you're like in bed and scrolling through it because then you're like almost passing yeah. out. So I did the same thing for many <laughs> other things, including, by the way, uh, writing a, a a script for this comic book that I created for my daughter, Erica. This is Erica. Where I wanted uh, to create a comic book for Erica to be a superhero um, so we can, you know, help her develop a a healthier self-image and more confidence because I noticed that for for girls it's it's harder to be more confident in an aggressive male dominated world uh so as a father you know i was conscious of that so i would wake up first thing in the morning i would first i wrote the outline the next day i started writing the script took me a few days then once i've done that i spent the next day the first hour i went online started looking for artists that can turn this into a panel like a comic book panel, then another artist mm-hmm. that would do the coloring. And so eventually I got to a stage where it was ready and I, and I just needed to print it out, which meant I just needed to go into the nearest print shop and just get it printed. Uh, so it, again, it all was created by the virtue of using the first hour of my day before I got into the, into my business, before I checked my messages, mm-hmm. before I checked, you know, uh, like work emails before, you know, the, the life challenge just caught up to me. And uh, this is a concept you will find uh, that pretty much all the great entrepreneurs share in common. Even I remember watching this documentary about Steve Jobs. I think he was saying, it's like, I try to wake up, you know, earlier so I can get some work done before everybody wakes up. So it's a tremendous, tremendous, uh, super powerful productivity booster. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's uh, another one that we need to be aware of? Another one that, that you should be aware of um, is uh, something that I discovered a couple of years ago that that really made a lot of sense to me. And I noticed that I had productivity um, periods or, or maybe um, like bursts, bursts of productivity, right? So I would go for three, four, five days and I'd be super productive high energy, really pushing the envelope, you know, and then I would go for the next week. I'd be, I'd be doing, I mean, literally just achieving nothing, just, you know, shuffling my emails and checking social media and saying to myself, I need to get this done and 
never getting it done. And I, I really gave it a lot of thinking time um, to try and understand what is going on. And here's what I came, the conclusion I came to. There are two things, uh, two things that I believe are incredible productivity killers. First, it's emotional baggage. So let's say I wake up in the morning today and I get my day going. And the first thing in the morning, I have a huge fight with my wife over something. I don't know what that might be. I mean, yeah. we fight over the tiniest things. So, so let's say, you know, I fight with her. This, this actually a fight we had recently. I was getting on her case for, t- you know, grabbing the trash bag and taking the trash out, but never putting another bag into the trash can. Right. So every time I would be like, wouldn't put something in, there's no, you know, and I would have to stop. And so that, that's like extremely annoying to me. Uh, so let's say I had a fight with her about that and it snowballed into a bigger fight. Well, guess what? I ain't going to be productive that day because my, my emotional involvement in that argument will steal all of my energy and most importantly, also my focus. So emotional baggage will you know, will kill your productivity very quickly. And if you find yourself absolutely kind of stuck or struggling, you might want to ask yourself this question, like what emotional baggage am I carrying? Is it an item I ordered on Amazon where the seller refused to refund me? Is it maybe, you know, a conversation I had with a coworker who made a remark about my favorite sports team that, you know, made me kind of feel annoyed and I can't stop thinking about it. Is it the new Marvel Avengers movie coming out, right? That, that is just pulling my attention so much that I can't focus on anything. So emotional baggage is real. And that's the second, I think, biggest uh, difference maker when it comes to productivity. And the, and the third one, like I said, there are two productivity killers. The third one is focus. Now, this is a bigger topic, yeah. in my opinion, and a topic that doesn't get much attention on podcasts or books. But... Once I know what my ultimate goal is, I will be extremely focused on that goal and I will be very productive because it automatically strips all the noise uh, from uh, my day-to-day experience. Like if my goal is, uh, especially if there's a deadline attached to it, which is another productivity secret, uh, if my goal is to you know, uh, enroll my daughter into a great school. And I know there's only three days left before the start of the year of the school year. Guess what? I'll be super productive in that direction. I'll be Mm -hmm. making phone calls, emails, reaching for the right people, driving places. And there won't be a moment for me to sit there and procrastinate about it because I'd be driven by the important goal that I have. So being able to clearly set uh, priorities in your life and know your values as in what drives you in general. And then based on these values to set a clear goal, meaningful goal. Once you have that goal set, you will be very, very focused. Um, and that's also a huge productivity booster because once your goal is set, it's no longer a matter of, uh, what do I do? It's, 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 it's almost like it's automatically going to, uh, shift your attention to the right things you need to be doing, at least based on your awareness in that moment, and start pushing for it because the goal is meaningful and it, it's it's what puts you in that focused mode, like a horse with blinders. You know, 
it's 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 mm-hmm. an extremely extremely powerful concept to a point where I'm I'm teaching my kids now. I don't teach them goal setting, but I am teaching them the importance of focus, and I'm trying to minimize distractions as much as I can, and constantly make sure they know why they're doing something. Meaning that what is that ultimate outcome we're trying to achieve here? So it continues to guide them in the uh, in the day to day. Nice. Okay, we have time for one more. Let's fit one more in. Okay, so one more. I'll share one that is a little bit more practical as in here's what you need to do. Um, and it's actually, um, um, it, it's a weird one. It's a weird one uh, because mm-hmm. it, it it's literally not something I've seen in any other book. Like the concepts I mentioned until now, you can, if you dig deep enough, you'll find them, right? The first hour of the day concept, you can, uh, I learned it from my friend, Craig Ballantyne, uh, the concept of emotional baggage. You, I've heard Abe and Pagan talk about it. So you, you can find that stuff, but this one, no one talks about it. I assure you. So here's, here's something that I learned about myself, which uh, brought me to this productivity concept. And it's this, anytime I have a phone call, or an interview, or any engagement in person or over Zoom or teleseminar, um, it is it is an extremely draining experience. Not that it's a drag, but rather it costs me a lot of energy, right? So anytime I have an interaction with another human being or I speak in front of an audience, it's just something that makes me feel tired afterwards. So when we're going to get off this call, I'm literally going to have to take 10 minutes to breathe and to relax and to have a cup of coffee, drink mm-hmm. some water, because being an introvert that I am, I recharge uh, during alone time. And when I'm with other people, I, yeah. I just exert a lot of energy. Now, what's really interesting, that means is that if I have to do any kind of writing, let's say I have to write an important email, or I need to put together a blog post, or I've been asked to create a script for a webinar presentation, maybe I can need to record a podcast episode and put together a content plan. All this is, is something that requires brain power. Okay. Now, what I noticed is if I try to do it after I had a call with anyone for any length of time, I can't. My productivity, my ability to put together any kind of content on on a digital paper or strategize in that way will be diminished. It's like it's like it's a muscle, and that muscle is depleted. Mm-hmm. So what I uh, you know started doing uh, starting about five or six years ago is I've noticed that especially when I started recording podcasts and producing lots of content, writing books, um, I noticed that and. And I said to myself, interesting, so I have to be doing either or. Either I have phone calls or I'm writing, but I can't be doing both. And so what I came up with is a is a timing plan. So the solution for me in this in, in this um, with this challenge became that I will do all the writing, strategizing, thinking in the morning before, mm-hmm. say, noon. And if I need to do an interview record anything, have a phone call, uh, engage in a, on a webinar or a teleseminar, have a Zoom meeting, whatever, that has to be scheduled after noon. This way, I will achieve maximum productivity in my strategizing, writing, and creating, while at the same time achieving maximum productivity with my calls and my presentations. Because as it turns out, I can do the writing first and then do the presentation and remain on the same level of quality 
of delivering engagement in my presentations and my phone calls. But if I do it the other way around, if I do phone calls first and then I do the writing, it's definitely not the same. So for me, I don't really know how to call this productivity secret. I don't really have a cool name for it. But what I do know is that by sequencing different types of tasks in in the right sequence, I'm able to achieve maximum productivity versus if I get that sequence wrong, I can only do one, but not the other. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. So the knowledge of your natural energy fluctuations and working within them is very important. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Can you share a little bit about your products and or services you'd like the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I would actually love to give your listeners a free copy of my book, The List Building Lifestyle, Confessions of an Email Millionaire, Um, because it's on sale on Amazon. You can buy it on Amazon if you want. However, um, I would like to ship you a free copy if you go to igorsbook.com. Uh, you can get the free co- free physical copy of the book, just, just uh, chipping on shipping and handling. Plus, I'll give you the free audible version, a digital version of the book, and over $3,200 worth of bonuses that include uh, courses, templates, and additional training on how to generate uh, traffic and visitors to your website, all in one wow. bundle if you just chip in on shipping and handling. Again, the link is igorsbook.com. And the reason I'm doing that is because if you go and get it on Amazon, it's still going to get the same book, but I will not be able to have a relationship with you. I will not be able to have your information, your email address, et cetera. And I really want to start a relationship with you. The book, actually, I wrote the book to introduce you to the, uh, to the way I make money, to the way I was able to build a seven figure business and still be quote unquote, um, in time for dinner, um, uh, so to speak, right. Without actually leaving my home, because I started this business back in Israel. I then moved to Canada in between. I traveled, uh, half through half Europe, half to the United States. And I mean, um, if I need to go somewhere, it's really a matter of just grabbing this MacBook and, uh, leaving, you know, that's it. It's, it's really there you go. comes down to that. So again, <laughs> the link is igorsbook.com. If you're curious about how I make money and how you can break the link between your time and your income, then go and check it out. I assure you it's going to be worth your time. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Okay. Your final piece of advice. Look, productivity is not a matter of getting more done. Um, I know it's a counterintuitive thing to say, but, you know, I, I used to be the kind of guy that starts his day and puts together like a really long to-do list of things. And, you know, I felt that if I can get all these things off my list, then I'll feel productive. But actually, there's only a handful of things you need to do to increase your productivity. And the first thing I would encourage you to do is to know how you measure it. Because if you measure your productivity in quite literally items checked off your list, then yeah, do, you know, get a to-do list together and just have satisfaction of crossing things out. But if you measure your productivity on income earned or income earned in a, in a time frame or income earned while retaining your freedom, which is how I measure it, right? It's not, a, you know, I, I don't just want to make more money. I want to make more money, but I want to work half the time or I want to make more money, but work same hours. Or I want to make more money, but without leaving my home, so I don't have to miss out on incredible moments with my family. In fact, um, I don't know if you, you probably won't be able to see it. I'm going to try and, and, and show this with the camera, but right there on the floor, um, there are, uh, there are Legos, if you can see. Right? So these are my <laughs> kids who are putting together Legos 
um, right here in my home basement because, you know, that's, we just spend time. Like I'm at this desk, I'll do some work and, you know, uh, my son will play, play with the train set. My daughter will be building something. So it's, it's an important value for me and one of the measures of my success. So if you know what your measurement met, that metric is, and let's say it's income, for example, then to reach a higher income, it's not going to be a matter of doing more. It's actually going to be a matter of doing different. And what I would encourage you to do, mm -hmm. if you really want to be more productive, is to sit down and uh, maybe schedule an hour of your time in your calendar and put, you know, grab a sheet of paper with a pen and uh, write a question down on this uh, sheet of paper. And is it's what can I be doing differently or what am I not doing? right now that could double my income without doubling my work and you'd be surprised with the things you can come up with uh, because most of the time most of the time you will notice that the increase in increase in income or increase in productivity will not come from investing longer hours or investing more effort into what you're doing and the proof to that by the way is if you look around in your industry or in your profession your niche in your area of interest and you'll see people who invest just as much or even less time than you do into whatever they're doing but they're getting a much uh better result yeah Oh, I love it. That's great advice. Thank you so much for joining us today, Igor. My pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about Igor, visit his website at igorsbook.com. Interested in expanding your employee development program? Visit ChristinaEans.com to look at the many workshops Christina has available for you.